0: the darkness has closed in on the light night has closed in around jesus and judas who at the end of their meal reveals himself as belonging to the night now brings the darkness to where jesus and his disciples have agreed to pray where jesus is preparing his disciples for the future you see by going out by disappearing into the night, Judas shows that he never quite escaped the underlying logic of this world. He was still very much in the grip of power and greed. Judas went out and he pandered to the Pharisees who longed to be able to reassert their power over Jesus and over those people that Jesus had convinced and the Pharisees, in turn, pandered to Judas's own love of money. I often wondered, did Judas know what was going to happen? When he betrayed Jesus, did he know what was coming next? Was he a double agent? Was he an inside man, someone who was always waiting for the right moment to sell Jesus out and try to reap a hefty benefit as a result? don't think we should forget that in Matthew's gospel, when Judas finds out that Jesus has not only been arrested, but has been tried and has been sentenced to death, Judas returns to the house of the high priest. He returns the blood money. He goes off and hangs himself from a hill. If Judas was in fact one of the Sicarii, If Judas was in fact one of these people who longed looking for the day when the Messiah would come and would lead Israel's armies, Israel's holy warriors in a great uprising against the Roman people. If Judas was one of those people longing for that day, and I'll also just remind you, the name Judas isn't a name that we're particularly fond of now. I mean, I haven't met somebody yet who's named their son. Judas, have you? Be kind of like naming somebody Adolf, I suspect. But in Jesus' own time, Judas is an heroic name. Judas is the name of the great Maccabean leader who was the last Messiah to lead Israel in victory over their enemies. Judas is a great name, a heroic name, a revolutionary name, a militant name. A militant name named Judas among the group of assassins called Sicari, was Judas simply trying to force Jesus's hand? Was he simply thinking all that needs to happen is for Jesus and the people that he needs to confront to be brought together, and then whatever comes next will come next. And while I'm setting up this little deal, I can just profit a little bit on the side. In other words, Was Judas' problem that he believed that he could keep one foot in the light and still dip his other toe in the darkness? I think that's the buzzer that says no. In other words, was Judas' problem his belief that he could still serve God and mammon? That he could still be in the light, but then keep an investment in the darkness? I'll confess to you, whenever I think of Judas, I think of the words of the former CEO of the CBS News company in the United States, who said at one moment towards the end of the 2016 presidential campaign, Donald Trump is without a doubt terrible for America, but he is wonderful for CBS News. (laughs) The news thought they could give Trump wall-to-wall coverage, they could reap all the financial benefits from that and suffer none of the consequences. Judas, too, perhaps, thought he could receive this money. He could continue to keep an investment with mammon and wouldn't reap any of the consequences. Judas, you see, disappears into the night. You cannot serve God and mammon. What about Simon Peter? Simon Peter, of course, is the disciple who pledges his loyalty to the light, to the end. He pledges his fidelity, his fealty. And yet if you listen very carefully, you would notice that Simon Peter is rather a lot closer to Judas than a lot of us think. When the Servants and the soldiers come and confront Jesus in the garden. What does Peter do? He unconceals a blade. He slices off the high priest's ear. What on earth was Peter doing with a blade? After all of this time with Jesus, after all of the instructions, after all of the acts of extraordinary grace, and kindness, after the embracing of the sinners, after the forgiveness of enemies, Peter is still sporting a blade. If Judas still had an interest in the dynamics of this world of power and greed, Peter, you see, is still flirting with rivalry. There's no such thing in Peter's mind as an arrested Messiah, much less a crucified Messiah. The thing that makes the Messiah the Messiah is that the Messiah will be victorious. That's what Charlie reminded us of on Palm Sunday. What makes the Messiah the Messiah is victory. So when Jesus gets arrested, gets put on trial, when Peter now finds himself in the high priest's house and people are beginning to ask him, aren't you one of Jesus's? Aren't you one of these people that lives in the light? Peter says no. Now we have two choices here. Is that cowardice? Or is that sincerity? Is that cowardice? I don't want to suffer Jesus' same fate? Or is it sincerity? No, I still belong to this world. You are one of this man's disciples, aren't you? I am not. You are one of this man's disciples, aren't you? I am not. Didn't I see you in the garden? You did not. Judas betrays Jesus, still very much part of this world. Judas disappears into the night. Simon Peter denies Jesus three times. And notice Simon Peter did not last until daybreak. Remember Jesus' warning. The light is with you for only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness may not overtake you. Judas disappears into the night. Peter doesn't last until day. What's in store for Peter? You'll have to wait until Easter Sunday to find out.